Welcome to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Horvath. This podcast exists to share the stories of everyday people, to discuss the difficult moments in life, the amazing triumphant times, and the winding journey in between. We all have a story to tell, and we hope that this podcast helps you in sharing your own. On today's episode, Kip and I sat down with our good friend Jimmy Adams. Jimmy shares about his life growing up in the Catholic Church and how later attending a Baptist college redefined what his relationship with God looked like. He also discusses leading worship and family health struggles, but we'll let him tell you his story. My name is Jimmy Adams. I'm originally from South Florida. Uh, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee now. Um, Originally grew up Catholic. Um, I went to, grew up in Catholic school. I went to Catholic church from about age five until around college or so. And uh, back then it was very surface level. I went through all the sacraments up until confirmation, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, we had, you just did them, but like there was no personal investment. There was no connection to it. It was kind of just the structure of what you're supposed to do. Um, and then I ended up basically staying there because I was a cantor um, for most of the masses, um, 7.30, we did 9 o'clock, we did all of those, uh, 10.30, and on and on, and uh, so it almost became work, it just became what you did on Sunday, um, <clears throat> and then, um, then I went to a reformed high school, which was kind of the first of a lot of, uh, new experiences for me. And, uh, one story was the first day of school, actually, um, growing up Catholic, you never had to do a devotional. And, uh, our first day of school, the teacher did. And she told us that, uh, we would all have to do it. And I didn't know what that meant or what that looked like. And so I watched her do it and I had, I was lucky to have one kid in front of me do it. So I had a day to prepare and I spent the entire night Googling Bible verses because I didn't know what to do or how to do it or how to pray because, you know, growing up Catholic, you had very scripted prayers. You just did that. And in the masses, they would say, you know, a, a reading from the book of whatever it is. And they don't tell you where it is or any of that. So I had like no <laughs> Bible reference at all. So it was horrifying as a, as a first experience there. And, um, I had to do it a few different times. So I kind of got better as I went. Um, I had to, <clears throat> that was the first time I learned how to lead worship as well. That was outside of a Catholic mass with hymns and it was very modern. It was very different. It was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. This is, uh, I don't know what we're doing. And I had to YouTube a lot of music to learn the words, but you know, it was as, as an outsider, that was something new. Um, the school I went to in South Florida was, uh, 
private Christian school that um, had about 500 kids from pre-K to 12th grade. And so it was not the norm. And uh, I had 26 kids in my class and they all knew each other except for me. And uh, so you start out as the outsider and uh, there was a lot that I had to kind of learn and figure out and realize that I don't have the background that they did. And so I was exposed to a lot of different uh, new challenges and aspects and just the idea of having to read Bible verses and apply them and how to pray. All those things were a shock and something that I was not sure how to do. And I winged it for a lot of it because I really didn't know. I mean, there was no, um, there was no concept of a relationship with Christ until much later. Um, I mean, they talked about it in high school, but I didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, that sounds good. I'm sure. But you know, growing up, it was like, I, I like to think that I had two pretty morally strong parents, so I knew kind of what being a good person was and what not being a good person was. And so <clears throat> I always just thought, oh, I'll just, you know, you just be a good person, just do your own, you know, just do good things and you're fine and whatever. And um, and then, then I went to college and I went to a small Baptist college and it was another shock to me because then <clears throat> it, uh, it was like, okay, it, it just kind of built off of what I learned in high school like, and just multiply because like, okay, these people all know Bible verses. These people, you know, they know all the words to all these different songs and then as time went on, it was like I started leading worship there at Crew and at a couple of things like that. And so I was kind of doing all the right things, but I wasn't really attached or, I guess, personally invested in a lot of it um, at the time. And uh, I remember, you know, um, leading a couple of different Bible studies with the golfers that I was, you know, in... Uh, college with and playing with and uh it, it was kind of awkward because <clears throat> that was passed on to me from some guys who led it before I did when I was a freshman and so then they were like okay you know here you go and because they were off campus so I had to do it and I took one of my best friends who said he would do it with me and we led it but I didn't know what I was doing I was kind of like okay this is what we're gonna do and you know, it all sounds good. It all looks good. It all feels good. But this is, I would kind of put walls up. It's like, okay, I'm not there. You know, it's like, I don't feel personally like I can do that, but I'm going to because I was asked to do it. Um, and I went through, well, I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, when you grow up in the Catholic Church, you're baptized as a baby. So, you know, you don't really know what's going on. I'm sure it was a great day. I was a baby. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I had had, at that point, I was, I think, in my sophomore year, I had had some people that were like, hey, you should get baptized. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm there yet, you know, and went through some rough stuff. And uh, that was kind of rock bottom for me. And uh, I remember having some shouting matches at the ceiling, you know, and kind of yelling at the Lord because it was a real, I was just, 
you know, I didn't really know what else to do. I was kind of like, okay, if something's going to happen, here we are. Um, and it kind of, you know, it didn't really um, change a whole lot at first. But um, looking back, I had a lot of uh, friends kind of in the right places after that that kind of got me on a better track and uh, doing some better things. And then uh, then <clears throat> after I left college, I uh, went back home to Florida and uh, went to a couple different churches. I went to a non-denominational for the first time, got to uh, experience what that was like and led worship there, kind of got in with some of those people and it felt... You know, it all felt kind of nice, and they brought up the baptism idea again, and I said no. I was like, no, I don't. I just, I never really knew what feeling ready was like, so I was just kind of like, no, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm there. And so I would just kind of brush it off and move along to the next thing. Um, and uh, then it was, <clears throat> I think it was probably a year or two after that, I went to... I, I, would, I don't know how I would describe it. It was not quite Pentecostal, but it was a little different. And uh, some friends had services out of their house, and so I would do that for a while. And then, you know, it was, it's, it was all different, but I feel like it all just kind of added to my shaping and my perspectives on things. And, you know, um, and then I moved up here um, to Chattanooga and... I think that was kind of the first dose of like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be like, you know. And I found a church after about three weeks of being here, and I've been at that church ever since. And as it just had the home feel, and everybody that I knew there, know there, has uh, kind of played an interesting part in all of it now. And um, I ended up getting baptized, I think it was four years ago. Um, I think May is five years, May will be four or five years. I actually forgot which, but it's coming up. And, uh, I remember sitting down with a couple of people, um, having a discussion about it and kind of my background and kind of where the Lord has taken me from then to now and, or to that point. And, um, said that, you know, pretty much it was, it was the right time and I was ready to go and that we would do it. And, uh, and then it happened. And even since then, it's been a, a very challenging growth experience. And, uh, I think that, um, it's something that's still growing. It's still evolving. It's, uh, you know, I've been very blessed to have several very close friends and mentors and people that are, challenging me and uh helping me grow along um because I think in a way it's like there are people that know so much more than I do and whether it's the word or their experiences or just their entire belief system is is on a different place than me and so now it's kind of like okay how did you get there what did you do how did you learn you know how did how do I get to that point and so It's been, especially the last year or so, I think, has been a really big shift in a lot of things. And uh, 
it's kind of turned into a journey that, you know, people are like, oh, what do you do now? It's like, well, I don't know. I don't think I've, I don't think you're ever finished. I think it's something that I'm still learning, still growing, still getting there, you know? And it's like, I think, um, looking back on just even in the last year, like how much the Lord has done and things that have happened that, you know, it's been a challenge, but it's, he's directed the whole thing. And so I think that, you know, now kind of having the belief that I do, um, kind of makes it a little, I won't say it makes it easier, but it makes it easier to understand why or what's going on or how to handle it, um, more so now than prior. Um, But yeah, so I think uh, it's kind of been a process of evolution from the very beginning to now. I think, you know, going through the different places that I did and the different backgrounds that I had kind of added to it and kind of forms, you know, where it is now and kind of where it goes. But um, as long as you're always learning, you know, you're always growing. If you could play golf with any person, past or present, who would you play golf with? That's a lot of time to talk to somebody. That's why I'm asking. That's a hard question. Wait, do they have to be golf players? No. Or, okay. I mean, it's just Abraham. Like I'm just mm. Yeah, I don't. That's a hard. That's oof. That's a hard question. I would probably say my grandfather again. Um, as he taught me how he. Uh, What's stopping you? He can't play anymore. So when I've yeah, so like when I would go down the lot, la- well, when I would play down there. Um, he would he could ride around and watch, but he wouldn't play because his shoulders kind of oh. messed up. So, you know, going back to the because like growing up, we would play all the time because he taught me how. My grandmother taught me how, and then I had a lot of good instructors and coaches along the way. And every Saturday, he and I would go play. So I think just for nostalgia's sake, just yeah. to go back to doing that because that was a really special moment that I was able to share with them and you know I got to be obviously really close to them and they uh shaped a lot of things as I grew up um so in your story you talk about how you were raised Catholic Mm -hmm. and then you went to a reformed high school Mm -hmm. how was that transition culturally because there's a lot of differences between you know just lifestyle between the two as a teenager it's a really weird way to word it yeah but but you kind of get what i'm asking i think so yeah the uh so we would go growing in the catholic school we would once you get to eighth grade you were zoned for a specific catholic high school and i knew plenty of people there and enough about that high school it's like i don't want to go there so i looked elsewhere and so I found the school I went to. I didn't, you know, really know too much about, you know, what a reformed background is or any anything else, you know. 
outside of Catholicism, but I liked the teachers that I met. I liked the people there better, and I felt more comfortable. So then I that's what I did, and I jumped there. And it's kind of like I said, it was terrifying at first, you know, having to learn how to pray and how to, you know, lead devotionals and actually, like, mean it. You know, it was the first few times I didn't. I was just trying to not look like an idiot and, <clears throat> you know, find a verse that sounded good, read it, and there you go. And then... I would, I would literally get so nervous trying to pray that I would write down our base prayer request and just read it right off the paper because I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how. And so there was a lot of things that I had to learn and a lot of shifts that uh, I had to adjust to. But um, I feel like it was, it was okay once I got, once I got, I don't want to say get the hang of it, but once I kind of figured out how they do things and how they approach things and their uh, perspectives on a lot. Um, there were a couple of different times where I think there was, uh, there might've been one or two other Catholic people in our class. And there were times where they would talk about Catholicism in the not so great of ways, but, um, or ask us our perspective on why, you know, they do this or that, which didn't bother me, but I, I thought that was interesting. I was like, Oh, we really are kind of like the outsiders in this situation, but, you know, but I, I would, you know, I've said before that if I had to go backwards, I would do it again. I would go there again. You know, I still had a lot of really good memories there and of the people, people, the teachers, everything. So it worked out pretty well, I would say. So you did claim Catholicism at this point? I would, yeah, I did because I didn't know any different. I mean, you know, it was kind of, you know, we grew up that way. We went through all the sacrament. Like, we would do confirmation in eighth grade, and then it would go over to ninth grade. So it was kind of like, okay, you know, that's what we are. I didn't, you know, I never thought that at the time, I never thought I could, like, leave. I never thought I could change that. I just thought, oh, I still... Still a Catholic, but I'm leading worship over here. I'm doing this and whatever, you know, so I would start doing different things, but I never thought that it would change. It changed my denomination, I guess, you know, yeah. it's like I didn't change my affiliation because I just felt like I was still me, you know, right. it's well, like, what's the point? Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm, it's not like it makes me a totally different person. I just, you know, <laughs> it's just a leaning. Was there like a, uh, I want to say like a specific time or a moment when you realized I'm more Protestant now than Catholic or was it just like over time that kind of changed? Yeah, it was over time because, I mean, pretty much right through uh, bits and pieces of college, I would still come home and, you know, sing a mass for the, you know, for if they needed me to fill in when I was home from a break or something, I would still do it. Um, you know, but I would still, you know, I think at the time I was going to a non-denominational church or, you know, we were trying, I was kind of visiting different places, kind of getting a feel for things, but, um, it was largely kind of like whatever the family was doing, I was yeah. going to do. But, um, you know, I think, I don't know when it when I would say when it was that I kind of was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore, you know, or when I would totally kind of move away from that. It would probably be towards 
the end of college, I guess. Um, definitely by the time I moved back to Florida. Mm. That would be like 2011. 11, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. Grandpa over here. <laughs> so going from leading uh, music or worship in a Catholic setting versus to leading music or worship in college. What were the differences? What did that look like from your perspective as, you know, the leader in both situations? There's a lot of music I had to learn. The, um, you know, in the Catholic church, it's all hymns. It's, you know, very similar call response type situations. And you kind of know the, well, you know, the words and you kind of get attached to some of the songs and stuff. And you know, I like hymnals, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. same, same I have songs. The, mm-hmm. I still have mine somewhere actually. Um, but yeah. And then going to a more contemporary or more modern, um, worship setting was much different. It was, uh, you know, it was like, I have to learn words. There are different verses. There are different, like everything involved. And, uh, it was just a big learning process too. And then I, I think after a couple of years of that, I broke the dulcimer out and then that really kind of changed a lot of stuff. And I kind of shocked a lot of people because, a lot of them I'd never seen that before, but uh, it was uh, it was a good time and still happens every now and again. But uh, it's kind of like I said, it just kind of grows. It just kind of changes as you go and you just kind of learn um, as long as you're still, um, you know, giving glory through it. It's, you know, as long as your heart's in the right place and you're giving glory through it, it's all good. You know, as long as it doesn't become work. That was the that was the thing that as it as it went on it got to be like that when I was doing five you know, three or four or five masses a Sunday. It was like, okay, this is starting to get to be a bit much. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, an- another change um from your I guess childhood into adulthood was learning how to to lead a bible study or devotion in in being forced into scripture rather than not kept from it but not encouraged into it i guess is that safe to word it that way yeah i didn't have a very deep exposure i would say it was uh, yeah you know and so it was at that point, though, you know, it's like I had been through high school, so I had a little bit more. But even then, I didn't think that I could lead people. Like, that's the thing is, like, <clears throat> figuring out what a leader is and how I, you know, and I've said in a couple other situations, like, how do you lead people when you don't know what you're doing? Like, it's like, it's kind of not the most ideal situation, but, you know, I felt like I learned a lot about myself in that time and, a lot of I, I like to think that the guys that were there got something out of it too, but uh, I'm sure they did. It was it was definitely a growth thing, and looking back, I would do it again. I would, you know, if if I had the opportunity to go back now, I would go and do another one with them. But uh, 
you know, I feel a little more prepared now than then, but, uh, yeah, it, um, it's one of those things It's out of your comfort zone. It kind of forces you to grow, forces you to, you know, dig into the word yourself and if not know what you're talking about, at least have some kind of idea of what it is and where it is and, you know, be able to talk about it. Was there anybody who was a little bit more influential in that time of figuring out what this should look like? Or was it all just something that you had to kind of figure out and discover on your own? Um, back then, I, back then, I don't think I don't think so. I think back then it was just kind of me feeling it out, figuring it out, you know, kind of how does it work? How does it go? And the guys that had led it before me, I, I did, I would, I would say them if anybody, cause I had to pick their brain a lot, you know, and kind of get, how did you do this? How would you approach this? You know, and that, um, I think that's something I'm still learning now. Um, there's people that I meet with and that kind of challenge me now that kind of keep me growing on that. So I think if I had that back then, it would have been a much different scenario, but, uh, what guidance I had was good enough at the time, but yeah, different yeah. different guidance at different seasons, or mm-hmm. you know, just it's how you grow. it fits the need at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, in kind of a similar vein, um, how has your your view of who Jesus has changed from, you know, growing up Catholic in, in Catholic schools to to now, like? Whew. Um, so that, that one's a, that's, that's a long one. Really. That's a doozy, man. Yeah, uh, that's a, uh, that's a good one. Um, I think back then it was like, you know, you're obviously he, you know, he's like the creator and he's, you know, you see the imagery of like, you know, the old man in the sky kind of thing. And that's kind of, I mean, that's the imagery you have and, you know, and that's kind of, you know, and then you see you know, what Jesus is, you know, the guy that, you know, came down and, you know, did all the, you know, saved every, yeah, all the things (laughs) saved everybody. But then there's no, there was no personal like attachment to it until much later. And then high school was the, the first time that it was like, okay, this is a more personal thing. There's more of a relational aspect to it. And I think that's why I brushed off the baptism thing for so long because I was not sure what that meant or what that looked like or how to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I think I kind of backed off of it a lot um, because I wasn't ready because I didn't know. Um, Because it's like they all talk about their relationship with, with Christ or what Christ does for them. And I was like, I don't know what all that means, but it sounds good. You know, that's fine. But I don't know. And so... I think a lot of it was personal ignorance that I just kind of was like, I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm just going to move, you know, keep on and put it off until I got here. So, yeah, you know, I think it, uh, and then, you know, seeing how it's gone from now, it's, it's a very big shift. It's a very big change. And I think I'm still learning because I'm a very stubborn person and <laughs> I have a hard time giving control away a lot of times. So I think it's something that I'm still having to learn how to realize that he's over everything and he's in charge and I'm not. 
as much as I would like to be. It's a tough lesson to learn. Yes, I learn it all the time. (laughs) So was there a um, specific moment that kind of was pivotal um, post-college that kind of really helped you define your faith? Because it, it seems like growing up you had a lot of maybe your parents' faith because this is how you were raised, this is what your family did, and it was a lot of tradition. And then high school forced you to look at it in a different way. College, as you kind of touched on earlier, even extended that and you caused you to look even deeper into it. Mm-hmm. And so after college, even though you were away from home, out of state, but after college, when you're on your own, in your own place, on your schedule, living your life, was there or has there been a moment where it was, okay, this is, this is it. You know, I see my faith in a, in a new light or redefined. Mm, that's another good one. Um, it's hard. I, I, it's hard to think of one. I think there's, a lot of different points along the way that, you know, I thought that, you know, looking back on it, it's like I see him in these things that I didn't at the time. But, you know, I think being laid off from one job and going to another one and then basically just that shift and... um, Things that happened in my personal life. Um, then there are, I'm trying to think, like, what else? Things with my family. And, you know, you just, you kind of just see how everything works now. I think you have more of an understanding of why and, and that there's a plan that it all kind of plays out. And at the time, you don't necessarily know, but that's what faith is for, is to trust that it is part of the plan and then in retrospect you kind of see where he where you know he was in all of it so it's hard for me to pin down one i think it's multiple right it's it's multiple pieces of a puzzle that Mm -hmm. you're starting to see the bigger picture of Mm -hmm. the further you get along yeah and i think it's kind of like i said it's something that's constantly moving it's constantly happening so you know it's a I don't know if there's ever a point where you're like, okay, that was it, you know, because it could be something a month from now. Right. Absolutely. So So that leads into another question of mine. Mm -hmm. Knowing your story, I've known you for a few years now. How do you face challenges today? How do you deal with them versus how you used to in the past? Um, a lot more patiently. Um, you know, it's not so much like I like a personal um, event. Like I don't have to do anything. It's like I have to kind of sit back and realize that you know I'm not in charge necessarily, or it may not be best for me to act. So it kind of makes you step back and think about it and pray over it first and. Instead of, you know, doing something you would regret later, um, you know, just being smarter about things and 
a little slower to act on some of it as well. Less of a knee jerk and more of a <clears throat> thought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've mentioned that more recently you have people pouring into you, encouraging you, and just kind of helping you grow. Was that something that you sought out, or was it something that just kind of... Uh, did they approach you about it? Both. Um, so it, uh, it's been probably over the last year. Um, I had just had a shift in some things and uh, in life, and I started kind of having a lot of questions. And so then I started pursuing a lot of answers um found a lot of podcasts that I was listening to found a lot of articles and things and just reading a lot of things and it sparks a lot of questions and then I reached out to some of these people and I was like you know it's mostly just kind of like okay what do you think about this or I need to know about this or I want you know it's just and it's just kind of spiraled out of there I was I was kind of motivated to grow not necessarily into like a leader but just being able to feel like I could if I had to and just feeling like I had a more solid understanding of things and kind of like that I've been asleep for the last little while you know it's like okay now all of a sudden I'm thinking about all this stuff and I have a lot of questions and I'm you know, it's, it's as the gears started turning one day. It was like, you know, you take what you've heard and what you've known for so long, and it's like, okay, why? It was like, now I have questions. Like, why? What is this about? You know, and um, with one of them, I did a very intensive word study of Second Timothy for the first time that I ever did anything like that. And it was really helpful to me, and it answered a lot of questions but it made me ask a lot more questions and so you know that was the first kind of dose of that so I think you know for an example that was kind of one of the things that kind of sp spiraled from it so I think it's and I it's still happening so it's something that I'm still kind of figuring out and based on that I'm assuming that's something you would encourage anyone to do is to seek uh, a mentor figure Mm-hmm. Yep. If I uh if I had done that a lot earlier on, I feel like that would uh that would be really helpful. Um you know, you like to think you have all the answers and you like to think you can do everything and then you get to a point where it's like, Oh wait, no, I don't know this. I don't have any idea and you find people that are better than you at something, uh, whether it's music or golf or any of it, you know, that you find somebody that's better than you and you need to figure out why and how they do things and, you know, or where their experience came from. And then, you know, it, it builds you and it helps them, you know, as well. So, um, I think, you know, I think I had some along the way. I just didn't realize it at the time. I didn't, or I didn't appreciate it as much as I probably should have. Um, because I don't think I took it seriously until much later. So I think that's part of it as well. But yeah. Um, so I know right now you're 
kind of going through a trial um, uh, situation with your family, and you can elaborate on that if you want to. Um, I'm just wondering how, how that's shaping your faith at this moment in time. Well, it's been a little over a year um, that we've kind of been, well, as a family, you fight it basically. But my dad, uh, about a year ago, was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage four adenocarcinoma. And originally, uh, we thought it, you know, he was having symptoms. They thought it was, you know, like ulcers or something. And he goes and goes to the doctor, and they did a colonoscopy and all that type of stuff. And um, found out it was colon cancer. They uh, did surgery to remove the area and then did a body scan and they said if it comes back um clean and then you're good we'll check you in a couple of years or whatever it was and you're good to roll and the scan comes back and turns out it's in his liver it's in his god i'm trying to think it was in his liver it was all it was basically it had spread um and so they said okay it's not you know just colon cancer it's you know this and so um so then that was a little bit of a surprise and uh I remember the day that I got the phone call I was at work and I almost left but I ended up staying and it it kind of it was a very it was hard because you see you know stories on Facebook or people you know but it's never you you know it's mm-hmm. that that was the that was the first kind of shock to me. It was like, okay, this is real. This is you. This is your family. This is, this is us now. And this is what we have to fight. And, um, you know, my, my dad is a really strong, positive person. And, um, ever since we were little. And so he's, he was, you know, fired up and he was ready to go. And they said that, you know, only about 5% survive by chemo by itself. And he's like, I'm going to be one of the 5%. But, you know, and he's ended up, he's done chemo and he's done immunotherapy so far. And um, we've had to shift a lot in our thinking and our schedules. And it's something, you know, it affects the person, but it affects the family as well. It's, uh, I remember at the time um, people you know, asking, Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay, but I'm not gonna, you know, show that I'm just, you know, it's one of those things I like to kind of do a lot of that in private and, you know, cause you have to, you try to be strong and, you know, but you're human. So there, there are points of struggle, but, um, he's, uh, he's done well. Um, so far he's still fighting it. Um, he's, he's still, pretty positive about the outcomes as we are and that's you know that's the thing is that you know I remember it took a while for him to share it on Facebook and I remember that was a big thing for him and once he did I think it surprised him the uh, reaction that he had and you know how many people you know shared that they were praying for him and they were you know you know really thinking about him and, and that they care I think it surprised him. I told him, I said, there are a bunch of people 700 miles away that are, you know, pulling for you too and praying for you and everything. And I think it it does. I think it kind of surprises you and really kind of makes you 
see kind of how how the Lord moves and how he, you know, he can rally up, you know, rally the troops, so to speak. But, uh, you know, and um, I think, yeah, and he's, he's, you know, the only thing that he kind of gets a little iffy on is like when people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, sorry for what? He's like, I haven't lost. He's like, I'm still fighting. And I think it's interesting too, because he always, he will say that, you know, it's just part of his story and, you know, God's not done writing it yet. So he's, he's hoping that, you know, he'll be able to use it for people who need to hear it. And, and that was, I think the whole reason that he shared it on Facebook initially was in case somebody else out there was going through something similar to, you know, see that it's okay. And that he's, that, you know, it's going to be fine. So it's been an adjustment, I think, for a lot, for all of us. And it's, it has its days where it's pretty hard and, you know, it just kind of weighs on your mind. And then there's days where you're at peace with it, um, because he is, you know, it, you know, it seems like so, um, you know, and that, and it's, I don't know if it ever gets easier. I think it's something that, you know, you just have to go, go with the flow. You know, you stay really present minded. Um, I think if you worry about the might happens, the could happens, the what ifs get really dangerous and, you know, it's not worth sitting in that space very long. And, you know, there, I'm notoriously a planner and I plan ahead for a lot of things and I stress out about things that I don't have plans for. So for, for this to kind of shift that and make it very present minded was, was quite a challenge for me, but you, you kind of realize that that's where you have to be and you, it makes you grow. And, uh, you know, it's not something, it's not over. It's not, you know, something that we can say one way or the other, Oh, it's good to go. It's fine. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, we know that, uh, the Lord's got plans and, and he's, he holds it all in his hand and that he's kind of directing it. And we're just kind of, you just have to go with it. You just have to trust it and, you know, we'll see, see how it goes. I think, um, you know, we're all big Gator fans. And one of the big things that Dan Mullen says is that, you you know, you go after everything with relentless effort. And that's what he said. He said, you know, that's what my dad said. He's fighting it with that same relentless effort. So I got a little bit of a kick out of that, but uh, <laughs> that's true. And, you know, as long as he's positive, as long as he's fighting it, then we're all kind of fighting it too. So it's been... It's been quite a, well, it's been about a year and a month, a little over a year and a month, so, and he's still going, he's, you know, the, it seems like it's going well so far, so just gotta keep hoping that it does, and that it keeps going on. Titus 2, 7 and 8, it says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. This episode is dedicated to Jimmy's dad, Jim Adams. Since the recording of this episode, Jim is no longer battling cancer, but is home with Christ. Thank you for listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. 
You can also follow us on social media. Just search underscore MV podcast on any platform. Again, that's underscore MV podcast. This podcast was created and produced by Kip Wilkinson and Michael Horvath. All of our original music has been produced by Robert Luther. Thank you so much for listening. Now go tell your story.